This episode of Market Foolery is brought to you by Sure Payroll. If you're a small business owner, you know that payroll and payroll taxes can be a headache. Sure Payroll has simplified payroll services with just three easy steps online. To learn more, visit surepayroll.com/fool and get a free quote. It's Monday, December 12th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Stock Advisor Canada, Taylor Muckerman. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. Wouldn't have missed it. Our man Jason Moser is on the road, and based on his Twitter feed, he is doing some market research at Bojangles. Hey, can't blame him. <laughs> can't blame him. At I mean, all. No road trip back from the south is complete without some Bojangles or Chick fil A or both. We're not saying it's necessarily healthy or good for you, but. God, it's tasty stuff. He played a lot of golf this weekend. He's got to get those calories back somehow. Exactly. We're going to talk energy today, and I'm I want to do a little bit of a look back at 2016. But I think we should start with what's happening today, with shares of Exxon Mobil on the rise and multiple reports that Chairman and CEO Rex Tillerson is going to be nominated to be the next Secretary of State. It's out of left field. Is it really? I mean, I I didn't hear anything about this. And then you see Mitt Romney's out there, Rudy Giuliani's out there. Um, some names that you might associate with the Secretary of State position. And then a gentleman who's been in the energy industry since before Exxon and Mobil even merged. Right. Um, yeah, and the, the chairman and CEO of the largest energy company in the United States by market cap. Pretty incredible. Let's look at it, this through the lens of just... The huge company that is ExxonMobil. Yeah. If you are a shareholder, and this is one of the most widely held stocks out mm-hmm. there, are you nervous that this guy is going to be leaving? Certainly, I mean, we've seen recently in the case of Starbucks and Coca-Cola over mm-hmm. the last two weeks, as good a job of orchestrating a CEO change as you're going to find in the mm-hmm. public markets. I mean it was it was both of those announcements very smooth, both of those well received by the market. I don't think anyone was planning on on ExxonMobil CEO to suddenly leave his job and that may be the case. So if you're a shareholder, you got to I, I Maybe you're pleased with what's happening with the stock today, yeah, yeah. but but they weren't planning on this. No, not even in the least. And like I said, kind of out of left field. Um, but you have to imagine, as long as he's been there, there's a succession plan in place. Um, 64 years old, so he probably didn't have too many more years as the CEO and chairman up ahead of him. But at the same time, he's gonna he's potentially going to be the Secretary of State if he does leave as CEO. That's why he would leave. So you'd have to imagine that he has the energy industries back, and this guy's been a deal maker all around the world. Every every continent other than Antarctica um, has some production from ExxonMobil. He's crafted deals with the heads of state of pretty much every major country around the world. So um, from that point of view, I think that you still remain somewhat confident in the fact that he's going to have the fossil fuel energies. Uh, sectors back, um, maybe not Exxon in particular, but given the fact that they are a global business, one of the most global businesses that you can think of, um, I wouldn't be too hesitant as a shareholder to, and I definitely wouldn't be selling on this news. Let's put it that way. Speaking of the oil industry, uh, something that happened recently that you and I have not had a chance to talk about mm-hmm. is OPEC getting together. Yeah, and that 
Again. Again, and actually coming out with a plan to cut production ever so slightly. One and a half percent? Was that was that the number? Or? Yeah, I think that's what it shook out to be. And then they, they got together with uh, Russia and a few other non-OPEC producers over the weekend and agreed to a little bit more of a cut, uh, around somewhere around half a billion uh Half a million barrels a day of production, um, so nothing overly meaningful, but it is something to be said for countries like Saudi Arabia and Russia, who are two of the largest producers in the world of oil. Um, Saudi Arabia being the largest, coming together and agreeing to a cut for the first time in in, in quite a while. Um, market obviously loves it. Oil price oil price is up significantly since November 30th, which right. was when OPEC originally met. Over the weekend, these non-OPEC countries came together and. Today's a great day to be an energy investor. Do you look at those combination of, of decisions that you just mentioned? Do you mm-hmm. look at that and on any level do you think to yourself, okay, we're out of the woods in terms of the price of oil, which I think it's fair to say stayed lower mm-hmm. for longer than most anyone was expecting. Yeah, I mean, you definitely saw prices below forty dollars a barrel longer than anybody expected. Um, now over fifty dollars. Partially, I think, mostly to do with this news, uh, nice little springboard. Um, nothing really to do with um, supply and demand, other than like expected future cuts now, because these cuts aren't going to take place until January. And OPEC did say that they're probably only going to last for six months at first, and then they'll test it and see how things go um, during those first six months. But OPEC has been notorious for. You know, not really holding themselves accountable for these cuts because these member countries um, self-report, and so um, you saw the former oil minister of Saudi Arabia come out and say, um, "Unfortunately, we tend to cheat," and that was his direct <laughs> quote. So um, I don't think you can go ahead and assume that the full amount of these cuts is going to take place, um, but it definitely does put a nice little floor. But if you look at U.S. oil producers, they seem to be a bit hesitant because um, short positions in terms of hedging. The the fall in the price of oil are at the highest they've been since since 2010. So oil price, oil producers in the United States going out there taking advantage of this pop to go ahead and hedge next year's production above fifty dollars a barrel just in case. We give them one point for transparency. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they did come out. They just so we're all clear, <laughs> we tend to cheat. Yeah, and maybe that's why he's the former oil minister. <laughs> he was replaced uh, last year, and he was the guy who pretty much um, made the decision to not cut production in 2014, which sent oil prices cratering, um, trying to grab the market share. Which you can argue that they did because um, Saudi Arabia and Russia producing um, at, at levels we haven't seen in over a handful of years. So. They're cutting from a position of strength at the moment. I wonder what we're going to see. I mean, I wonder about a lot of industries in 2017, but based on what you just said, mm-hmm. I'm now adding airlines to the list because so much of what we've seen over the last couple of years with the profit profitability mm-hmm. of the airline industry and certainly the rising stocks in that industry had to do with the low price of, of it's fuel. the largest cost. Yeah, I mean, totally. You've seen fuel prices already tick up nationwide. I don't know about airline fuel, but just for the common consumer of gasoline, you've seen those prices tick up, and you can only imagine they'll continue to rise if oil prices uh, continue on the path that they're on. All right. Before we continue, a quick word about sure payroll. If you're a small business owner, you know the p- payroll can be a headache. I'm not a small business owner, and just the thought of payroll gives me a headache. <laughs> Um, Small businesses pay hefty fines on a yearly basis due to payroll oversights, and now you can protect your business and remove the payroll tax complications with SurePayroll. It's simple 
and can be used on any device with just three easy steps. You enter your employees' hours and salaries, you preview the taxes being deducted, and you approve the payroll. That's it. That's the list. You're done. Sure Payroll will automatically file and pay your federal, state, and local taxes. They make it easy and affordable to manage your small business payroll online so you can focus on your actual business instead of worrying about late fees and fines. And the customers include a range of businesses such as dental offices, insurance agents, restaurants, barbershops, charitable foundations, tech startups. And I'm going to I'm going to throw Steve Broido into the mix there. Okay. Our, our colleague Steve Broido. He, yeah, he told me he uses Sure Payroll um, just for childcare. So Interesting. Yeah. They also have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. You can't get any better than that. So, just go to surepayroll.com slash fool and fill out the free quote form. That is surepayroll.com slash fool, and we appreciate their support. 2016, mm-hmm. it, is, it is that time of year where we, we look back and we put together our headlines for the year, that sort of thing. What's your headline of the year for the energy industry? Well, you know, you look at the energy industry, and I looked at this middle of November. It was the best performing sector of the year so far, following being the worst performing sector in 2014 and 2015. 2015 by a wide margin. Um, and so this year they turned things around. You and I can only imagine that number is much higher since November 17th when I looked at this information, um, because you've seen the, the OPEC rally and the non-OPEC rally from this weekend. So. Um, but despite that, job cuts, more job cuts announced in the sector than than in 2015, and services companies are leading the charge. Schlumberger had the two largest announcements of 2016, and Halliburton had three of the top ten. So you're still seeing some serious job cuts um, from the folks that are going out there using the equipment, doing the drilling. Um, so that was my that was kind of a, a an overarching storyline that that. Probably not many people realize because if you looked at the stock performance and oil price performance, that's something you probably wouldn't have guessed to have happened. When thinking about 2017, is there a part because it's such a huge industry, mm-hmm. so many parts to it? Is there a particular subsect of the industry that you find intriguing as an investor that you're going to be digging into a little bit more? Yeah, so I think um, I think the frackers, the service companies that had all these job layoffs. Um, they're going to be busy, I think. You see oil prices rising, and we've talked about it on the show before, this inventory of wells that have been drilled but not fracked, because fracking tends to be the most expensive portion of, of shale drilling. Um, and so, there's all these wells out there that haven't been fracked yet. So, if oil prices rise to a point where they're probably at right now in, in many fields, you're going to see those those uh, drilled wells becoming fracked, and, and Halliburton's the leading provider of that service here in the United States. Schlumberger very heavily involved as well. So that's the sector I'm looking for. And on top of that, throughout this downturn, they gave price concessions to all all, all their customers on the E and P side, the production side. And so I'm looking for them to start clawing some of that back. And so when you think about the price to produce a barrel of oil for these producers, I think that's going to tick up because you're going to see the likes of Halliburton and Schlumberger say. Remember when we scratched your back these last couple of years? We're gonna need <laughs> to get, yeah, we're gonna need to get some of that um, back in our favor. So that's one sector that I'm, I'm definitely um, bullish on. If oil prices even maintain where they're at right now, not even necessarily rise. I want to circle back to Rex Tillerson for a second because mm-hmm. I'm reminded, and I don't think we have really talked about this because we we tend uh, to stick to our knitting on this podcast. We don't focus on on politics sure. or. or or for that matter, you know, any other industry, we focus on business. But I am reminded that 
it's uh, it is common when there is a presidential election, when there is a new person about to take office, it is very common for the forecasters to say, well, here are the industries that are going to do well under this administration. Mm-hmm. And I'm reminded that back in this time, eight years ago, one of the predictions was, boy, you know what's going to absolutely crush it under our President Obama is solar energy. Mm-hmm. That proved not to be the case. Sure, and it's and it is frequently not the case that what is predicted to be to do well under a given president um, ends up just not happening. So for for anyone who looks at the Tillerson news, again, this is reported. It's not official. He has not officially been nominated. Mm-hmm. But for anyone who's just looking to just go all in on oil, based on that assumption. Uh, Maybe don't go all in. Yeah, maybe don't go all in. <laughs> and if you do decide to go in in any form, um, stick with some balance sheet strength. I don't think it's time to reach yet on some some producers that have struggled to to maintain where they're at right now over the last couple of years. I think you still want to invest from a position of strength on the balance sheet um, because you've seen this price rise in oil, and um, I think that that just puts more weight on top of it because if anything goes bump. I think it comes crashing back down into the 40s pretty quickly and swiftly, and um, that could really crush some investors if if you decide to get into this um, industry right now. That being said, I, I think renewables aren't aren't dead under Trump. I think that um, I think there's too much momentum in general, um, and he keeps talking about bringing coal back in favor of natural gas and renewables. I, I'm going to go ahead and say that renewable energy does better than coal um, under him. For the next year, four years, even uh, I just I just don't think that there's anything that can be done to bring coal back to what it used to be. So maybe not any companies in particular in this renewable energy space, but um, I think that that's going to be hard to kill. Well, and uh, sticking with coal for a second, mm-hmm. you, you know, it's one thing for an administration to have a given policy. You have to look deeper than that if you're an investor. You have to look at well, what are companies doing? What you know? What are large businesses? And where are they getting their energy? Mm-hmm. And even between now and election day, we've had you know large companies come out and say, actually, we're 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 changing our energy. Mm-hmm. You know, we're 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 looking to cut coal. Um, even countries, Canada said they're phasing it out by 2030. France by 2023, maybe, um, and a few other large coal producers or coal users coming out and say 2030, we're basically done with coal if right. we, if we reach the if the market, market isn't there, yeah. then it, you know it exactly. it almost it it almost doesn't matter what the production uh, levels are. Mm-hmm. That, that's 100 percent true. Our email address is marketfoolery at fool.com from Johnny Grisdale, longtime listener who writes. Thanks so much for ending the podcast with some Christmas songs we don't hear so often. I realize you may already have all the songs picked out, but if there's any way you could play this one, that would be great. Uh, we, we don't have them all picked out, so we appreciate the suggestion, Johnny. Keep uh, them coming. Keep them coming. MarketFullerateFool.com. Taylor Monkman, thanks for being here. Thank you, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by DJ Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. I'll see you tomorrow. I'm Mr. Icicle. I'm Mr. too much. Oh, I'm too much, baby.
I'm too much. Thank you. Too much. 